This is Matt for Genie. Welcome back to episode three, where we pick up our discussion on musicals. I don't even, I want to say that it was the 40s or 50s Brigadoon. Oh, that was amazing. Brigadoon is such a random musical that I had definitely read scripts of Brigadoon before and had, you know, well, whenever you're in drama club in like, and in like your youth, you get to like, what's it going to be mm. this year? You know, right, what are we yeah, going to yeah. do for the musical? And everybody tries to guess and you read a bunch of things. And, um, and we, I never got to do Brigadoon or see Brigadoon. And yet I had heard about it and I'd read parts of it and definitely heard some of the music. Mm-hmm. Brigadoon is hilarious. It is hilarious. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, well, I mean, 54, I think I just looked. It was made in 54. I have no idea what time period it is. I think it maybe was supposed to be the 50s. Must have been because, I mean, at some point at the end when Gene Kelly leaves. Right, like friend, they're in, they're the, in bar the bar. Like they're in New York City. Yeah, so. and New York City it definitely has like. So that was a contemporary musical for that time. Mm, that's true. And yet when they go to Brigadoon, time is weird anyway. That's like. <laughs> part of the whole there's a lot of time travel scotland stuff we got to go to scotland maybe we can travel <laughs> through time yeah because it's just going to be awesome back then <laughs> it's going to be great we're going to be able to drink the water <laughs> any disease that's around well we'll bring we'll one of those immunity. like special straws that you can drink gross water through and for the most part like we're not going to get any kind of funky diseases what well we have like inoculations small, small all right Right, we probably haven't been vaccinated against smallpox, right? Because it's gone. Because we don't have to. Right. Shit. All right. Well, yeah, maybe that's the, that's the problem. Maybe we also bring penicillin with us. Okay. Penicillin, or you know, we find the closest. You know, there are doctors that will cut part of our arm skin and give us an inoculation if it's late enough. Scotland, like this, okay. if it's like seventeen seventy four ish, five ish. They're starting to do that. So maybe we just get really clear about where we want to time travel to if we go to Scotland and start monkeying around. Because obviously you can just wander through the hills of Scotland and step into another time period. Well, I I guess I can only think of two. Brigadoon and Outlander. Right. That's two. Which I mean, I guess, I mean, if you're looking at countries of origin of other time time travel stories, but I guess like. The hit, like you don't really see a lot of like going back historical America, you know, or colonial, right? You know, I don't know. Well, there's mm-hmm. not like magic vortexes here, like there is in Scotland. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, that's a thing we either should well, find or avoid. Based on, I mean, I don't know a whole lot of like Scottish mythology, you know, and and I know like enough around Celtic traditions that that there's a lot of concepts around time being squiggly (laughs) or like you know like you step through a veil Mm -hmm. and there is another time like alternate dimension england england has a lot of that like folklore and mythology too it's like the mists of avalon you know like behind a veil or behind a mist or behind a something or we do that a well what netflix should do that like wasn't that a that was a mini series, or like it was only two parts, though. Oh, really? I think it was just two long parts. Oh, I thought it was so much longer. Than I don't that. remember. That was Maybe. a really good book, by the way. Yeah, didn't read the book, but saw them. It was the t- it was book. made for TV, like by TNT. I know Angelica Houston was in it. 
So it was, uh, oh, what was the woman's name in ER? Juliana Margulies. That's what it was. Yep. They were great. It was cool. They it should was, redo it. That'd be dope. I'm, I'm always into anything that's Arthurian. So. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, there's a new movie. It's new-ish. I think Jamie Foxx was in it about Arthur. And it was not good. Oh, yeah. that's a bummer. We should watch it. It was apparently not great, but I would watch. I would watch it on Netflix. I mean, we could watch it anyway and make our own assessment. Yeah, I think that. Um, so Brigadoon hit both of those categories. It was both made and it took place prior to yep. the sixties. Well, it has Gene Kelly, and I'll watch just about anything with him after he's seeing so cute. "Singing in the Rain." He's a cute little man. Cute little. I mean, I guess yeah. He's like five four. Or I mean, was he's barrel chested, but five, he, was he was like he was a barrel. No, he was, he was five like five four. seven. No, he wasn't. Yes, maybe five seven. Okay, well, it's a short seven. for a, a dude, I guess. Right, five sure. seven. Sure. I mean, but yeah, he was five seven, but he was fifty four inches around. He was huge. Yeah, he was like, and he had legs like tree trunks. Like you ever see like Gene Kelly reminds me of my grandfather. <laughs> Does your grandfather do a lot of singing in the rain? Well, not exactly singing. And definitely dancing. I mean, he and my Nana used to oh, yeah. used to do like roller dancing. That's like right. Dancing oh, on shit. roller skates. I totally forgot about that. And my grandfather was probably five nine, five eight, five nine, uh-huh. barrel chested. Like and he was such a good dancer. Wow. And he would do all the swinging my grandmother around sneaky and like sneaky Gene Kelly. He was. So when I watch when I see old pictures of my grandfather and then I see old movies of Gene Kelly, I'm like, mm. Oh, that's my grandfather. Yeah. All right. You know, in his youth. Yeah. Then things right. went south. Yeah. Well, we have an American in Paris sitting on our entertainment center that we need to right, watch. Right. That's next. Which I think, again, is got to be 70 years old at this point. So yeah. I can't imagine it is set later than 1920s, maybe the maybe the 50s. What did you actually think about Meet Me in St. Louis? <laughs> uh, I mean, we were laughing a lot it was through a, that. It was but weird. I didn't actually collect. It was weird. It was weird. Well, it's because a lot of it was like they're referencing the culture of things children would do in the early 20th century that seemed like insane, crazy behavior that maybe in the 40s, people watching in the 40s were like, oh, I remember doing that as a child. Right. Yeah, sure. in 2021, we're like, what in the name of the Lord are these children doing? Just crazy stuff. Those children Um, were pretty metal. I like, I like, um can't think of her name dorothy what's her name judy garland judy garland i love judy garland yeah she's, she's like i mean another thing i would watch her in almost anything you know you know thinking of her in that what is the song that she sings when she's like sitting at the window and looking at her neighbor i forget not the have yourself a merry little christmas no nope, not that one there's a different one but anyway if we think of that song there's a lot of, like, as we watch these musicals, it's fun to, like, oh, this is where this song is from. Right. I know this song. Mm-hmm. Like, Getting to Know You mm-hmm. is from uh, The King and I. Yep. Right? Yep. Which was also a riot. That was a whole lot of, what am I watching? <laughs> a lot Holy of shit. British imperialism. And so many other things all in a row wrong yeah, with that movie from a contemporary lens and yeah oh dear lord yeah i forgot that we watched that one recently too. yeah that's a good one yeah i bought it and it was eight bucks so all we need to do is watch it twice and it's paid for that's that's great to know honey i don't know if i can go right back through we're having to give it some time no it's once a year there was a lot of being horrified although what i found out when we were watching that was that 
Tuptim, the actress who played Tuptim oh, in yeah, The King okay. and I, yep. played the original Anita in the original West Side Story and then played the shopkeeper, shopkeeper in, in the, the new, new West Side Story. And I was like, okay, this is cute. Yes. I love her. Yeah. She's and I think this actress. whole conversation, this idea started with after we saw West Side, West Side Story. Story. Right. In the theater. Which technically, I don't know. I don't know how much it's made, but I think I've, you know, headlines I've seen, it's like, it's a quote unquote flop, which right. just means it's not making money, which like what movie is besides a Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, right. are, are people, are movies making, cause Spielberg was very adamant that I think it's, it wasn't to be also like digitally released. It's mm-hmm. only in theaters. So, yeah. I mean, it'll be streaming probably in three months, Yeah, but until then it's just only theaters. Some people aren't really going to the movies right, right now. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, no, I, and well, I mean, you showed me the original about a week or two before we went to go see it, and I had never seen it. Right. And I'm like, how are they going to make these gangs scary if they're snapping? If their they're fingers, snapping and dancing, sharks in the jets. And my suspicion was confirmed in the first scene. <laughs> right. When it's like these gangs are walking but, down the street, and, and then they're there, okay, okay, dancing. okay. However, in in the new version of West Side Story, <clears throat> it was very clear that these were children. Right. Yes. The actors looked like right. children. They looked. They looked whereas they looked a the original younger. West Side they Story, they were smaller. They were skinnier. Right. right. They, they were, were just definitely tinier. Like they looked like they were seventeen, eighteen year old boys. Right. They didn't Not look like they were thirty eight year old. Thirty men. year old men <laughs> <laughs> trying to be a street gang. In right. New York like City. Greece. Like all the actors in Greece, <laughs> they all have like full facial hair, and they're supposed to be seventeen. And I can't. I can't with Greece. Um, I hate. That's one I hate. I hate that movie. Oh, see, so that would break the mold then because it takes place in the 50s. 50s. Right. Right. Yes. That's more of because a couple of reasons. One, my sister was really into that movie. So she watched it up And I times. made the mistake of being a great brother and bought it for, for Christmas. And it went on. It was on loop for yeah. a while. So then I was like, it went kind of in the back of my brain. I'm like, yeah, this movie exists. I don't mm-hmm. really care. Then every now and then you like either reminded of it or you remember something about it and you're like yep. wait a second and you have to like revisit it and then there was a lot of like part of those songs i'm like what is this song about yeah. this is actually kind of terrible <laughs> i learned what a hickey was from that musical i was like that's like a very specific scene it's such a weird thing yeah. to be in the middle of a musical where the grown man is talking to the grown woman while there are students in high school yeah that was weird <laughs> it's supposed to be like you know young teenagers and there's that whole like um rhyme about hickeys a hickey from kinicky it's like a hallmark card there are so many things about that sentence that are so outdated when you care enough to send the very best what the hell is that what's a hallmark there's- card <laughs> Hard. There's so many like weird things that you can get away with in a musical too that like in any other movie it would be like what is going on and I think that that's sometimes what tips it over the edge for you because you're like this could not happen but yet I'll watch a movie with lightsabers and be like this is fine this holds up this is sound yeah and it doesn't pretend to be like this is how high school is yeah we're dancing on the bleachers you know yeah. to much to my sadness that that wasn't what high school was once i got there uh but i what i was going to say is you know still i think that your favorite musical hasn't shifted like no musical has replaced the number one musical spot 
in Matt O'Neill's musical lexicon. Wow. I have an idea of what it is. Mm. Is it Fiddler? I would think so. Yeah. If we're talking classic, like a straight classic up traditional musical. musical. You love Fiddler I on the Roof. love Fiddler on the Roof. And I don't know why, if this is because when we first watched it together, which may, oh, I don't know if it was my, it may have been my first time watching it. Really? I knew all, like, I knew what the songs were, most of them. I knew what it took place, but I never sat down and, like, watched the whole thing. I caught clips of it here and there. When we first watched it, we got fish fry. We got fish and chips. We did. So, like, when you say fiddler, I think <laughs> of... <laughs> I am I am salivating right now. Okay. I'm thinking of fried fish. We're going to get in the car and go get fish fry. And this, vinegar. We? And this place where we used to live mm-hmm. does what no other fish and chips place does is they serve a side of gravy it's true and i missed that it was very british fish and chips what was the name of that place little britain little britain yeah so we got fish fry in bennington vermont and we got we watched fiddler after we got fish fry so every now even now you like say let's watch fiddler i am i'm drooling so what do i what food do i need to associate with across the universe because maybe nothing will make me enjoy that movie maybe maybe this blows all of my data out of the water and it really has to do with me coming up with a solid meal that you love that we eat whenever this musical gets brought up no you know why because what's going to happen is you're going to feed me you're going to feed me we're going to eat okay good (laughs) (laughs) you're going to make me food you're going to make me that got that got (laughs) patriarchally aggressive for no Anyway. Or it got really sensual where I was feeding you. So either oh, or. Hopefully not the meatloaf I was just thinking about. Oh. So uh-uh. you make, you prepare something to help me identify with or associate with across the universe. Uh-huh. I'm going to end up hating that food. <gasps> oh. There's nothing that will make me like that movie. So I need to make something that I don't want you to eat anymore and then force you to sit down and watch across the universe. Huh. It's a theory. This is a this is a whole other set of It's an interesting theory. Data. I don't know. You thoroughly enjoy many of the songs in Fiddler though. Like you I love Fiddler. You sing them. Yeah. And you'll play that album mm-hmm. willy-nilly. Totally. I mean it usually then does lead to fish fries, so yep. I can see how there's like a brain ninjing thing yeah. that happened there. Um and you really really loved watching that musical i think we watched it shortly after we went to see les mis right that probably started another musical kick a little musical kick yeah yeah and les mis is so disappointing yeah i i think i was the most blown away by how much i loved meet me in st louis oh really only because those little girls oh yeah were unhinged huh. like the historic information that I gleaned from watching this ridiculous musical yeah. on how what Halloween was like in 1904, right. um, the fact that children are, you know, way more diabolical than we <laughs> than we talk about. They are like throwing flour in people's faces and considering them murdered on Halloween. Like five year olds, five year olds. Yeah, a little girl was supposed to be five. Um, Not for nothing. If a if a six year old knocked on our door on Halloween uh-huh. and like threw flour threw in your a face, a handful of flour in my face, uh huh, that'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious, be amazing. Um, and the fact that she was like, "We we have to move. I'm bringing all my dolls. I don't care what Daddy says." 
I'm bringing all the dolls, even the dead ones. I'm digging them up from their graves. I'm like, what were children doing? Well, like we 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 kind of extrapolated what we thought that meant or why that was yeah a thing, and it was brilliant. And you, this was your idea. Like you see, I think you said this, and I was like blown away by it was both so simple and it made so much sense. Mm-hmm. How like. What, like, why would a child that's five bury some of her dolls that are, you know, right? baby dolls in the yard? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so macabre and because it's so three disturbing. Because siblings have already died. Right. Like, yeah. survival rate, like, infant mortality. Yep. Like, not access to medicine. Not access to medicine. So, like, you know, not all children. Like, why do you have seven children? Because maybe four live mm-hmm. and three don't. So, like, in yep. that context, you know, how do you prepare a child? How do you wrap a child's mind around the new baby may not live. She's burying her baby dolls oh, in the backyard. It's amazing. I mean, it's it not amazing. It's so fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. I, so I've, I think I was the most shocked by that. Um, I mean, there are some more obscure musicals that I think like I want to revisit, especially because Brigadoon was so freaking hilarious Yeah. in so many ways. There was a lot of, yeah, it was love. Unintentional comedy factor yeah. was kind of high. Yes. I mean, things that are supposed to be taking serious moments in the film that are kind of silly because they're dated. Right. We run into that a lot with old movies, which I think that's part of the charm. Which of old it, movies. Yeah. That's why I love them. Like something that's supposed to be so a serious moment is kind of funny because of how heavy handed or how like mellowed, the, the melodramatic the actors <laughs> are making everything. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I do think I would put up highest on the moving a musical over into a Matthew O'Neill approved category is really like probably the first condition is that music to dialogue ratio. Yeah. Like it has to be appropriate, like spaced out musical numbers, not musical number after musical number after musical number. You know, Fiddler does that really, really well. It's right. like, and like musicals aren't short though. There's right? a lot of songs. Yeah. You just need to have some scenes in between of like not singing. <laughs> I know. Just can't do it. Well, and it really has made me, you know, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm sad right now because it seems like a lot of Broadway shows are closing back down again because I want to go see the music man. I mean, I want to watch mm. the music man with you. Yeah. And I, I so desperately want to go see Hugh Jackman in the music man. Yeah, I have not seen that. And seen it. it's so one of my favorite musicals in mm. my memory oh, really? and i probably have not seen it since i was like in high school hmm. and so i'm like oh, is it as good as i as i remember it being was it the songs that i really loved oh. and i also recognize that that turn of the century time period is my sweet spot i oh, yeah. uh, like from like 1885 to 1914 i'm obsessed with that hmm time period uh and and i blame the american girl doll collection oh that'll do it see i learned something new about you right now i did not know that was your musical sweet spot time period time periods like like period houses that are built from that time like that very you know and and not even necessarily in the context of like the gilded age right i mean think about what i where i wanted you to go when we went to new york city together the first time tenement museum the tenement museum like let's go here in the lower east side truthfully one of the best museums i've ever been to in my life it was great it's wonderful but totally yeah there's something you know maybe there's something in my like Mm. 
Akashic record past life scenario where okay. things went on that were really profound during that turn of the century like time period. Right. I did have another thought while we watched Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This is a headcanon. Oh, headcanon. Which, the best way I can describe it is if it's a way to connect movies or characters across like times and genres, uh-huh. but it just takes place in your head. There's no like actual link between these two. But because maybe they both take place in the same time period, they could have shared a universe and they right. might have met that or kind of Or same location or same something. Same location. Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins is a prequel to the book All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Because if Michael is seven or eight in yep. 1910, mm-hmm. yeah, he's dying in the Somme. Wow. And that's how those two are connected. Oh, my goodness. I know. Went to a dark spot. That is... Okay. I mean, Michael Banks. We probably could do some... some- could probably do some genealogical research and, and see. He's, well, you, you, I think I mentioned this before, and you were like, he's too wealthy, too rich. He would not right. have served. I'm like, no way. George Banks is too of a patriotic Brit to not have his son. Yeah, but at the end the of the movie, though, Mr. Banks was like, we're going to fly kites. Right. We're going to be full of frivolity. And, and this is ball. Michael is still seven or eight. There's right. still some time in his adolescent teenage years. How old would he be? I don't know, 15, 16. Okay. He would either have to want... Oh, see, now he... he, Would he be like Samuel from... (gasps) Don't even say Legends of the Fall right now. the Fall, where he like, he wants to go fight the Kaiser. Or is George Banks like pulling strings Mm. because it's what his son should do to grow up. Right. Like Michael Banks could have decided that he's sick of his dad's frivolity. Mm. You know, who knows where it leads after Mary Poppins. There could just be this whole like... You know, they have to move because oh my God. who knows what. I don't know. He did make partner at the bank, though. So right. he might so, have just like did a little loop-de-loop yeah. into frivolity and then went right back to working for the bank, which is the evil character in this entire musical. The villain is the bank. I was going to say, like, what is the antagonist in Mary Poppins? The bank. The bank. It's amazing. So many light bulbs went off in my brain. Wow. I was okay. like... When they were singing the bank song mm-hmm. and, you know, how the bank was helping to fund a railroad. Railroads in Africa. In Africa. Dams on the Nile or something. Dams in the Nile. I was like, I hate the bank. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this bank. You know, Mike almost started a panic. Like, should have <laughs> just, you know. <laughs> the bank won't give me my money. The bank. The bank is taking your money and doing awful, awful colonizing with it. Yeah. So... Yeah, he might have gone right back into that world and but this is forced a, Michael to go into the military. And the good news is headcanon doesn't exist anywhere. So right. if we think... It just exists at our dining room was, table when we're talking about this silly shit. Everything was happy after the movie and stayed. <laughs> uh, we can, Great. There's nothing to say it didn't. Nothing to say that it didn't. What happened to Jane? She just became a widow. Wow. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. She became a widow. Um. Yeah, I didn't really. Didn't you, think about. You didn't really participate as wholeheartedly in this headcanon discussion with me, so it's true. It fell flat it. because it I got flat, distracted. You're like this is horrible. <laughs> like this is terrible and a terrible thought. Why did you do this? This fake person. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes when you go to like those really dark places, when I'm watching happy, floofy musicals, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna pump the brakes here. Right. When then I then I'm like, oh, maybe I should pump the brakes and. Maybe you just sing about chim chimini, chim chimaroo, and just let this mm-hmm. go. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But I do like hearing your opinions. This is another thing I'm just genuinely curious about like, cause sometimes like we're watching a movie and I have a rant about it Yeah. or like, Jesus, what is happening? And you're like, yes, I know. And you say something. I'm like, what? This thought this happened when we watched the matrix sequel. Really? Yeah. We watched, we're revisiting cause matrix four is out. We right. haven't seen it. So we started by watching, so rewatching the matrix. the matrix. First one. Amazing. Yep. Can't, amazing. Perfect. Not perfect. Well, I mean, it's great. It's a great it's movie. A great movie. The second one, we had some thoughts. I, and that one, I had seen it in the theater once. You know, oh, I've seen it a lot of times. 20 years ago when More it came out. More times than necessary, for sure. remembered a handful of things about seeing it. One was the the underground rave, right. which seemed silly mm-hmm. at the time. Yep. I'm like, what is, why is this happening? And it seemed, it was just as silly the second time around. Yes. And the second part was like, it was an hour into the movie. I think I actually hit pause and it was 58 minutes in. Yep. And, and nothing like, had happened. And it was 50 at the 58 minute mark. It was like, okay, we now know what the plot of this movie is. Like what our characters are trying to do. Uh-huh. It took an hour. An hour. An hour. <laughs> the bad thing is that I think every movie we've watched since then, I have hit pause and be like, see? Right. 20 minutes. 20 minutes in. 20 minutes. 25. We know exactly what's about to unfold. 25 minute mark is act one is over. Such a bloated movie. It was terrible. Such a but wow. what did I say that what opinion did I have? That was the opinion where like I hit pause and I was just like, what is happening? Like, why do we not know right. what is happening? And you're like, yeah. Like you were equally as frustrated as I was. Oh. And I didn't you know, sometimes I was just like, Yeah, this literally is the most bloated movie for no reason. It was like I, they they were like kids in a candy shop with a huge budget all of a sudden. Yeah. The budget like doubled. And they were like, we, we're going to put all this weird shit in and, you know, underground raves. And yeah. Mm -mm. For me, the rave wasn't so bad. It was the scene where Neo fights all those ancient Smiths. Yeah. And that was like an eight minute sequence. And it held nothing for me. It was just the fight scene with Neo and Morpheus in the dojo in the first one was way cooler and way more interesting Mm -hmm. than Neo fighting a hundred computer cartoon agent smiths it was so boring i mean because to me the uh the effects look a little dated because it's like okay he's doing this spin move with his stick and kicking a bunch of guys this is clearly not keanu reeves it doesn't even really look like him it looks yeah. like a cartoon version and you know the bummer about that whole scene you know how it ends he like flies away right he, that's it so like nothing he could have just done that initially. Yes. And it would have saved us in, in seven whole minutes. Nothing happened. There was nothing. Our lives. No yeah. part of the story or person was affected by that fight scene. We can't start talking about The Matrix, though, because we have to wait until we've watched all of them <sighs> and just give the rundown. Oh, God. Okay. And maybe, you know, make enemies from what we have to say because people, I would say that people have as much opinion around The Matrix as they do about Star Wars. Really? Yes. Well, the first Matrix, I mean, rewatching the first Matrix, I mean, for me, like movies, as far as reading reviews and what movies are like for or like rating them, I've not, I've, I've long since been like, yes, I would give this 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5. I say this movie is perfect if you're looking for fill in the blank. Because like, if you're looking for something stupid and funny and you want to turn your brain off, watch Airplane. Right. Airplane shouldn't win an Academy Award for best director. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like movies have times and places and intentions. And 
so yeah so that's why i'm like okay if you're looking for a, this kind of movie this is the thing this is the movie you should watch so like going into movies i'm like okay this movie is good if blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. you know it meets you know this other kind of criteria but the first one was like it's so good in that like maybe it's my any enneagram oneness where mm-hmm. i'm just like as just structure the structure of a movie yeah and it's yeah. terrible like there are three acts. There is a there is a clear it's not even an acts. It's just a clear protagonist with a goal they want to achieve, and things are put in their way. Well, and there's a plot adversity. arc, right? Like, character arc. Like there's, there's a plot. Like we can feel this building, and this is the thing, and and then it's resolving in some way. And Matrix Two does not no, have that. It doesn't. It's just like, no. and I think I even made this sort of like rant about Empire Strikes Back, and you gave me the look like. You can't keep talking about this. You can't compare every sequel to Empire. I'm like, the hell I can't. I'm well, gonna. I mean, you can, and it's hard to compare anything to Empire Strikes Back, honey. It's like it's true. But at least with that, I'm like, okay, 15, 20 minutes in, right? We know what everyone wants. We know what everyone wants. And what they want to try to do. Right. Hour into the second Matrix movie, you're like, I don't know. What does anyone want? We don't know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I go to the place when watching movies too, where I'm like, "There's formulas for this." Like, yes, you don't have to for just good or for ill know or willy nilly try to like develop a plot by the seat of your pants. Like, there are plenty of resources out there that can show you that really solid screenplays. <laughs> have a certain structure would you would you be surprised if i said i have a book about that i am not surprised at all that you have a book about that and that further proves my point what's the point that if you're like i'm gonna make a movie i'm gonna make a sequel why would you not first go to the place of what are the best sequels ever made in the history of movies i'm gonna watch them all and I'm going to write down what makes them the best sequel. Like, why do they work? Right. Yeah. Why do they work? Why do we care about this still? Why is it helping me? You know, particularly when we're looking at, like, making trilogies. There mm-hmm. are very famous trilogies. Yeah. So it's all out there for research to be done. And then people crazy. are like, I'm going to be so avant-garde about this and do it this special way. Right. And I'm going to subvert expectations. <laughs> like, well, you just you, well, you jerk me around us for a couple 58 hours. minutes to know a damn thing. Yeah. That's awful. All right. We're going to have to follow up on our All matrix. Right. Hitting pause in the matrix talk. Yeah. We because. talk a lot about Enneagram. Yeah, we do. Should we like delve into that? Ooh, I definitely think Because that. I think we've, we've referenced it at least twice today and we've mm-hmm. done it before on our first pancake. Yeah. I think uh third pancake is a little Enneagram chat. Yeah. Our novice understanding of Enneagrams. I mean, it's. Right. It's well, a lot you know, of. You know more than I do. Yeah, and I, I think I know a fraction of what there is out there because there's definitely parts of Enneagram that I still haven't totally wrapped my head around. And yet the basics and in the context of like character development, mm. Enneagram in the context of relationship, Enneagram in the context of parenting, like that stuff, oh. I can wrap my head around. Okay, I can't go like way deep into how... N- you can have five different nines and they can present in different ways mm. because someone's a social nine and someone is a mm. self-pres nine. And see, I'm talking about scratching the surface. Oh uh, yeah. Just so like we can scratch the surface. Just so someone. Right. Because we say it. Because both of our listeners 
<laughs> probably already having it. A- so my mom and your sister. Maybe my sister. <laughs> <laughs> when they listen to our podcast, they'll know what we're talking about right. about Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it comes up a lot in the context of our relationship too. Right. Sure. Yeah. It tends I found it to be the more of the accurate personality typing. Because it's mm, I don't know why it's it, why I felt that way. I mean, I think because it's more about not just like a random birthday, therefore you have this. It's just like, well, how this is the set of behaviors that mm. presents itself, which yeah, that doesn't mean you are always one way, but you a lot of people tend to be not one kind of way, but like, you know, you tend to be this way or like if you present these behaviors, which generally are kind of associated with each other, like they're not like opposite end of a spectrum. So it's like, okay, this, this makes sense. And I I can, I can witness these behaviors in other people say, okay, if I'm viewing this person as they are a number, whatever, like, oh, okay, this makes a little bit more sense. Makes more sense. Right. The decisions they're making or like how they're, handling certain things or something yeah like that. and it brings you into like definitely more of an ability to understand that the way that you do something isn't necessarily the way that everyone else is going to do something and it does tap into like the compassion right, like i'm going to do it the one way right someone else and anyway, anyone else really is going to do it the wrong way uh-huh said spoken like a very true nine or one very true yes. one focused on righteousness and rightness well you say it like that it makes me sound pompous <laughs> are you pompous if you're right you can be both <laughs> all right well that's the next one then oh next one okay mm-hmm. enneagram in context of this circus we call our home this, and whoever this <laughs> whoever chooses to live here very interesting dynamic that we have going on here all right our- we're gonna episode Three, maybe four. This we're going on. Actually, I looked out. This is one oh eight. So now we're in eight minutes. Oh. This may need to be two episodes. Okay. There's only so much mutual victory people can handle in a sitting. Can you pause? I can totally pause. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. And this is Mutual Victory. Thanks a lot. See you next time. <laughs>